Uh, Monday, it's February 12th, when we get into Swamp Watch, we're going to talk about the latest with Memogate. Looks like the president has said that he wasn't going to release the Democratic memo until they fix it and blame Democrats for putting in some uh, in some sensitive national security issues in the memo so that he would look bad when he said no, said he would still still release it if they take that information out. So we'll talk about that. Also, the infrastructure plan that he talked about today. More Winter Olympics stuff coming up. The United States now has four medals, including both men's and women's snowboard slope style. I just love saying slope style. It makes perfect sense. Dean Sharp's going to join us later this hour and talk about, can we move it? Yes, we can. Bob the Builder. I'm sorry, Dean Sharp is going to join us. All right. Did you see that ad for Grinder? The one on uh, the one on Instagram, the one with Eric Garcetti and Justin Trudeau and uh, Griffith Park. Oh, I I thought it was an ad for Grinder. Never mind. I guess it's not. Um, Eric Garcetti decked out in full U.S. Olympic gear, and a guy who looked like Prince Eric from Little Mermaid hiked up to the top of uh, Griffith Park Saturday morning, wearing shorts and t-shirts. They met with reporters at Griffith Observatory. The mayor says, listen, uh, Canada is a huge trading partner for the city of Los Angeles. We have more Canadians here than anywhere else in the country. We do? Anyway, he says, Mr. Prime Minister, it's such an honor to receive you here in Los Angeles. We brought a little Canadian weather to make you feel right at home because I guess it was overcast on Saturday morning. Well, believe me, that's not Canadian weather, which I think is what Justin Trudeau said. They, um... They spent a lot of time hugging and man-grabbing each other and just making everybody uncomfortable. It was odd. It was very odd. But it's clear this is one of the things that Eric Garcetti has to do before he officially announces that he's going to be running for president in a couple of years. It kept pop- popping up on my Instagram so much. How many, uh, how many, how many other pictures of two men standing atop Griffith Park do you uh, do you get in your Instagram feed on a regular basis? Not many, not like that, where they're clearly on a date like that. But uh, it was pretty funny to watch. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> I got on a excited date. only because I was like, ah, we got to talk about this on the show on Monday. It's too good to pass up. And I love that Justin Trudeau just downplayed it. He's just wearing shorts and a shirt, like right. He's just a guy out there that. of the people who saw him walking on the trail, if they didn't recognize Eric Garcetti, they were not going to recognize Justin Trudeau. No, he looks like a pretty normal guy. Just a normal young guy. Right. Sure, he looks like Eric from uh, from Little Mermaid. But but other than that, (laughs) no one's going to go, oh, my God, that's the prime minister of Canada. Right. And he's hiking here. They did take a couple of pictures with some of the other people who were hiking up there and uh, posted them all onto onto their uh, Instagram accounts, their social media accounts. Uh, but it's just one of the uh, one of the first steps, I guess you could say, for Eric Garcetti to meet with and uh, discuss politics with leaders of other countries. I mean, the city of Los Angeles, being the mayor of the city of Los Angeles, is a very powerful international position. And uh, it looks like he's going to uh, – it looks to me like he's just laying the groundwork 
and the foundation for a run for the president. Some of the mayors, uh, the other mayors that we've seen, the mayor of San Francisco, former and the former mayor of the city of Los Angeles, are continuing their push for governor, Antonio Villaraigosa and Gavin Newsom. And it looks like Antonio Villaraigosa got a law enforcement organization to back him. Surprising, but the Peace Officers Research Association of California back in January endorsed him. And now the California Police Chiefs Association endorsed Viragosa. They, uh, they pointed to his time as mayor when he hired hundreds of police officers. Violent crime went down in the city of L.A. And he's made his record against crime one of the pillars of his campaign for governor. But And as we saw last week, we saw that the polls between Gavin Newsom and Antonio Viragosa are closing Gavin Newsom has been slipping by a couple of percentage points, and uh, Antonio Villaraigosa has been picking up some of those voters. One of the questions, though, the L.A. Times had, and I thought this was a brilliant question, is how is the Me Too movement going to shape the race for governor? Because these guys do not have spotless records. Uh, in fact, there's another guy, uh, Travis Allen, who is an assemblyman from Huntington Beach. His name came up just over a week ago when... His name was released as part of a group of lawmakers accused of sexual harassment. Now, his allegations, again, the allegation against Travis Allen was something like he was unnecessarily close to a woman. That I'm, That's one of those where was it an intentional move on his part to get close to someone or she just felt uncomfortable? He says they were totally unfounded. The sexual, what shall we call it, um, misbehavior on the behalf of Gavin Newsom and Antonio Viragosa rises far above that. Both of them have admitted to extramarital affairs. Those were a decade ago, but they both admitted them. Now the question is, if they are that close in the polls, does that become sort of the nuclear football that each one has against the other? And if they play it, they know it's mutually assured destruction. Gavin Newsom can't come out and say, uh, yeah, Villaraigosa cheated on his wife. Because all Villaraigosa has to say is, hey, it takes one to know one. The question is, will women caught up in the Me Too movement using it now to uh, spread their wings and exercise their political power, will they back get behind one of these guys knowing that they have used women in this way? Hmm. I don't know who wins that race to the bottom. Uh, when we come back, uh, sorry that uh, Shannon couldn't hear this, but uh, there is a new baby bald eagle that hatched. I thought of her yesterday when I was doing the news story about it. Well, the thing is, she didn't think about us. Oh. Yeah, she's on a beach somewhere. Uh, also, speaking of animals, do you know what a nutria is? Yeah, it's a big old rat. Can you imagine how good those taste? <laughs> no. Somebody needs to start coming up with some Nutria recipes because they're invading parts of California. We'll talk about that when we come back to Gary and Shannon. If I would have just laid my drink down and walked down, well, I wouldn't be in my truck.
Gary and Shannon. It's Monday. It's February 12th. Dean Sharp's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about some uh, some new remodeling stuff to get into. Also, uh, next hour, there is a very strange record that is being set. The record's been broken. We don't know how long this record is going to last, but there is a drug suspect in England. Uh, He, gosh, how do I say this? He put drugs in in a hiding place and for 26 days has refused to let anything anything pass through that hiding place. And um, the hashtag poo watch is trending because this guy broke the British record for, I guess, keistering drugs and not allowing anything to pass. You know what I'm saying? Well, we uh, have it up. If you go to KFIAM640.com, use the keyword Gary and Shannon. We also tweeted out a link to the latest bald eagle Baby, this one in Big Bear. And there is a, uh, I was watching the video of it just a second ago. It looks like mom is hanging out on this nest. By the way, it's just a warning. If you do go check out the bald eagle cam that we have up, there are some carcasses of lesser birds, shall we say, in the nest that have become a source of food for the babies. Yeah, I saw the the mom... uh feeding part of a mouse yesterday or it looked like a mouse there's and what's funny not funny wrong word what's natural about all of this is that there are fish stuck in the nest as well and every once in a while one of the eagles the mama or the data will then come and take a couple nibbles off of a few day old fish and then just go about their day what do they Different how world. often do they clean it out because the nest has been i've been watching mm-hmm. the nest has been pretty clean they do i guess they regularly tidy up the nest I didn't think that was a thing, but they regularly tidy up their nests. I think it's really interesting, too, that you watch this eagle cam, and it looks like it's just, you know, a small bird. But you got to remember, these guys have a wingspan of like six or seven feet. Yeah, that it's they're huge. It's deceptively large, um, and you don't really get a good view of it. And it almost looks as if someone's holding the camera because it's moving a little bit. It's, it's up it's in the tree, windy. and it's super windy up there. So it's cold. The baby eagles can't regulate their body temperature. I learned that from listening to Blake, and that's why the, for the first few weeks of a baby eaglet's life, the uh, the parent eagles will then lay on them. Um, they're saying that the Forest Service officials have closed off the area around the nest to to the public through oh, the, the, through the end of June. Up. She's looking at yeah, she's walking around, but there's still one. By the way. There's one egg that has not hatched yet. That's because it was laid three days after the first one. So we're looking at uh, a double baby eaglet thing happening here. She's just shifting around. There is one that's a lot, or one that's out of the egg, I guess is the one way to put it. And then the other one uh, still in the egg. But uh, this has got to be a huge win for the, what is it, the friends of the friends of Big Bear Valley. They're the ones who put up the camera. And, again, we have the link up on the website, and uh, we tweeted out the link as well so you can check it out. But that's very, very cool. It's one of those things that you don't you don't get to see. And they were saying 2,000 people watched the original egg, uh, the, the first baby, come out yesterday morning. And then uh, maybe in the next couple of days there will be another one. Just, you, know what I, you know what Nutria is? What about the RUSs? Rodents of unusual size? I don't think they exist. They absolutely exist. These rodents of unusual size in this case are about a 20-pound rodent, semi-aquatic rodent, 
A lot of people mistake them for muskrats or groundhogs or beavers. They look a lot like beavers, but they're smaller and they don't have the beaver tail. But if you from a, we had a lot of them up in Oregon, so they do look similar. Well, this they say you can tell because they have the white uh, the white whiskers around their mouth, and they have webbed feet except for one free toe, which already sounds like a monster. But nutria eat what is it? 20 pounds, they can eat 25% of their body weight each day in vegetation. And they dig. And those diggings, uh, the holes that they dig, they burrow in dikes and levees and roadbeds so they can weaken infrastructure and cause problems. California Fish and Wildlife has issued a warning about the influx of nutria that have been caught reproducing in the San Joaquin Valley. They thought, they thought 40 years ago that they had gotten rid of all of these in California. And now they're saying it looks like there was at least one pocket, one small colony that stayed under the radar until they recently reemerged. These things are rat. They look like giant rats. They breed like giant rabbits. Early and often. Females can reproduce beginning at six months old. They breed year-round. They can produce three litters in 13 months. Within a year, one female nutria can have more than 200 offspring and those 200 offspring can travel about 50 miles in their lifetime so it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that there could be a severe infestation native to south america they were introduced to california back in 1899 why not because we needed uh, rats as pets because they're mink like fur I don't know anybody who has a Nutria coat anymore. I think Grandma had one, but <laughs> we got rid of it when we realized it was a giant rat. All right. Dean Sharp, the house whisperer, when we come back. Can we move it? You're in the process of remodeling your stuff. Can you move that wall or that appliance or that line? We'll see when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Today, she'll be back a little bit later this week. Some of the stories that we are keeping an eye on. The president's daughter-in-law, Donald Trump Jr.'s wife, Vanessa, was taken to the hospital today in Manhattan. She apparently opened an envelope that was addressed to Donald Trump Jr. and some sort of a white powder came out. New York Police Department says it was not hazardous, just uh, supposed to be a threat of some kind. Uh, but they did take her to a hospital as a precaution and two other people. We're not sure if those two people were their kids. We, they have five kids together. We don't know if the kids were at home or if they were at school or what was going on. But uh, it doesn't look like anybody's hurt. Also, the uh, New York Attorney General has filed a lawsuit against the Weinstein Company. We may revisit that a little bit later because just fascinating. Some of the new stuff, fascinatingly disgusting, some of the new stuff that Weinstein is accused of doing including the teams of people that worked for him that facilitated his abuses of women. Uh, and then the Winter Olympics, uh, too wintry, apparently. That's uh, one of the complaints. It's too... What? Wintry. I heard them complaining about luge, the luge track early. I want to say Friday. I was got home and started watching luge about how hard the ice was. And I thought, wait a minute. Isn't that the Isn't point? Isn't it supposed to be icy? I mean, I would, I would think you would want it as as hard as you could get it i was watching fast track on saturday i don't know if it was live or if i just pre-recorded it but you know the fast track speed skating the short track the short track that's what it's short track and uh there was 
one of the heat, one of the qualifying heats, like four skaters, just no one touched anybody. Four skaters, male skaters, just, just all lost it on yeah. a wet patch. <laughs> so I thought the whole point was as well, icy as possible. Right. And, and the, the concern on the mountains, for example, when they're doing the skiing stuff is you, is not just the, I'm going downhill at 60 miles an hour and a gust of wind could blow me off balance and make me tumble. It's getting up the mountain. I mean, the getting into the gondola, a 60, 70 mile an hour wind gust is dangerous. So you get a medal were, for that? You, you probably should. <laughs> uh, but they did the slope style. They did snowboarding, et cetera. But I, I just, it seems, the thing is, they're all at the absolute pinnacle of their sports. So it's not as if someone's running in 60 mile an hour winds and someone isn't. They're all battling the same conditions. So even if they did decide to go forward with it, it's not like it's unfair. Unless your run just happens to be that five minutes where with no <laughs> where gusts. Is gusting. Where where there are no gusts. <laughs> right. And you get gold and you know it was because there was no wind. Meanwhile, there's just body parts strewn about <laughs> the Alpine Super G or whatever it is. All right. Uh Dean Sharp, host of uh, home on Sundays here on KFI. How are you? I'm great. Let's talk about moving stuff. How are we gonna do this? All right. Oh. In your hot little hands. There are recurring questions Mm -hmm. that are common to remodeling. Get asked all the time the same questions over and over. None more than this one question. Can we move it? Yes, we can. (laughs) Can we move it? It, People ask, it applies to everything from walls to windows and doors, bathrooms, appliances, you name it. Whatever is standing in the way of your remodeling dreams... The big question is, hey, can we move that thing? And I thought, you know, I've been asked that question so often. Why don't we just build a whole show around it? So this Sunday's show is entitled, Can, can We, we move, move It? Excellent. So we're going to dig deep into, as deep as we can, into uh, various categories. But for you, my friend, yes, since you're here all alone mm-hmm. and obviously not having enough fun, right? it's time to play Uh-oh. Can <laughs> You Move It? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yes. today's contestant, Gary Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Gary writes songs for Disney Animation. I do not. He is, is not an Olympic true. interpretive ice dancer and also. father of 2.5 children hailing from Petaluma, California. Most of that is not true, but I will play along. Gary, are you ready? I am, Dean. It's good to see you. Good to all be with you. All right, here we go. Your house sits on a concrete slab. Right. You want to remodel your kitchen, and you plan to enlarge the kitchen window. The current sink is centered on the existing window, but centering under the new window means that you've got to move the sink over over, over two feet to the left without tearing up the concrete or the wall. Uh-huh. Can you move it? Yes, you can. You Am are right? correct, sir. Yeah! Yes! <laughs> What do I win? Well done. Are you going to move my sink for me? Now, do you know why you can move it? Uh, because the plumbing that okay, you... Okay, we can ease off the music until I ask the next question. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I would just imagine that the plumbing would be easy to do. It doesn't have to be a straight shot from your drain down to the... It does not have to be a straight shot, but there are limits. So the key to this question was... Uh, we're moving it over about 24 inches to the left. So mm-hmm. there is a thing called a, a dirty arm. Uh, it is a drain configuration, and it's it's basically an allowance in the code where 
uh, wherever the drain is actually diving down into the foundation, into the slab, where that drain exits the wall, uh, and most people, you know, because they've designed the house for the sink to be right above that location, don't think that they can move their sink very far. But if that drain is an inch and a half in diameter, then the sink itself can move up to three feet in either direction from that point of emanation. If it's a two-inch line, it can move, I believe current code is up to six feet in either direction. So just in terms of me trying to visualize what that dirty arm would be, it's the part that you would see probably coming from your wall. Coming right out of the wall. That's the part. And then, well, that's the drain. Then you would put like a 90 on that. Right. So that you don't have to drill through the wall. Uh, and you don't have to tear up the drain and the concrete to actually move the physical drain location. You could put a 90 there, and you can travel horizontally up to three feet or with, six feet in either direction. Now, no what you would have to in do, it at all? Uh, well, it's always good to put a slope in. Right. It's always good to put a slope. Uh, but technically, you can go horizontal up to uh, three to six feet, depending on the size of the drain. And uh, the only allowance, then, is that you would make an allowance in the back of those cabinets that it's running behind because the drain would literally be running on the outside of the wall uh, and in the back of the cabinets, which, which is way less expensive than tearing up the concrete. Right, and you would never see that because if from the f- if you, even if you open your cabinets, you're not going to notice that it's an inch and a half shallower than it would be if it were to go all the way to the wall, and you're going to have a, exactly. cap or a countertop on top of it so you wouldn't see that exactly. void. Hidden away. Excellent. Very good. All right, next question. Yes. The wall between two rooms okay. is 12 feet long. It is not a shear wall. It's not a seismic shear wall. Okay. But it is a load-bearing wall. Yes. There's a door in the wall. Oh. And you want to move the door from the middle of the wall where it is now closer to one of the ends of the wall. Same size door, just in a different place on the same wall. Can you move it? Uh, the answer, the answer, Dean, is I wouldn't want to, but I would say you probably could move that, yes. And you are correct. Yeah! I would say, honey, I think the door is fine where it is. <laughs> yeah, but maybe you're configuring something on the other side of the wall, and uh, and you need to move the door. Like I'm moving the sink on the other yeah. side of the wall. <laughs> so the key is here. Now, the, the key here was that it's not a sheer wall. All right, and a shear wall is one of those walls that has plywood uh, nailed to one side uh, in order to give it lateral resistance force. And uh, shear walls have to happen in certain locations that engineers have predetermined because they're normally tied into what we call hold downs, which are specific brackets holding it to the foundation in specific places. You can move shear walls around, but you can't completely eliminate a shear wall because it has a rate, it's there doing a, a particular job. It's not a shear wall in this case, but it is a bearing wall, which means it's holding weight from either the roof or the second floor. But here was the key. It's a bearing wall. The bearing wall had already been calculated to have that size door opening in it. And in that situation, it really doesn't matter where the door is, as long as you're not widening the door. It's all in the calculation. It's all in the calculation. So whether there's a two and a half foot gap in the wall here, as opposed to there, the point is, as long as you're using the same header size for the door, you're just right. moving it over, you're good to go. We're talking with Dean Sharp, the House Whisperer, and we're talking about remodeling, playing the game show, Can You Move It? 
And so far, the answer is yes, you can. Yes, you can. All right. We'll have some more of these when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Sharp, the house whisperer, host of Home. You hear him Sundays right here on KFI, playing the new game show. This is hot. This is hot. uh, We're turning it into a board game also. A friend at uh, Game Show Network contacted me during the break and asked if you have the rights to this because he would love to get in in on this. Can We're going to turn it into an RPG game too (laughs) where young kids all over the world have an opportunity to remodel. Uh, can you move it? Uh, we're talking about different things. If you are planning to, uh, one of the most common questions in remodeling is, can you move? Can you move the window? Can you move the wall? Which is the right question to ask. It is absolutely the right question to ask. And and I wish it was the absolute most common question that I get asked every single time I run into a design scenario because the whole idea of design mattering most is to approach the space with a fresh perspective and and think outside of the box. And so people who just automatically presume that you can't move a thing right, uh, are already compromising their potential design process. Well, I have been, I'm two for two. You are two for two. the two scenarios that have been presented to me. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Let's, uh, let's try question number three. Here we go. Yes, Dean. Great to be here. Uh, I had one. Oh, okay. There's a wall. Yes, wall. In between the family room and the living room. Okay. And you want to make it all one big open space. Mm -hmm. It is not a bearing wall. Okay. It is not a sheer wall. Okay. But there is a fireplace in the wall. Can you move it? Wow. There's a fireplace in the wall? There is. So it's shared by the two rooms, the fireplace is. Well, Maybe. Maybe. It's in the wall. There's a fireplace in the wall. I would say, yes, you can move that wall. Because you got to move the fireplace. Or you don't even have to move the fireplace. Can you move the fireplace? Can you move the fireplace? <laughs> the answer is, yes, you can move the fireplace. You are correct. Yeah! Sort of. Oh. At times, maybe not. Well, what would determine whether or not I could move the fireplace? What kind of fireplace is it? Brick. It's red brick. It's a <laughs> well. I don't care what it looks like. Oh, uh, on the outside. What I want to know is, and what you need to know is, is it an old style masonry fireplace, meaning that it actually is made of brick mm-hmm. all the way up to the chimney top, or does it just look like an old style fireplace, but is in actuality a newer prefabricated fireplace? You know the difference? Well, the prefab would be an insert, basically, that you put into some thing to make it look like an old one. Is that right? right? Is Your house, for instance, yeah. has no masonry fireplaces. Correct. They are all prefabric- uh, prefabricated fireplaces. Well, you make it sound like I have multiple. I only have one. Okay, well, <laughs> you have, they, it is all. I appreciate it. It is all. It is all one. One prefabricated <laughs> fireplace. So a lot of people don't realize it's about their fireplace. They look over at a fireplace, and they're like, well, it's covered with brick all the way, floor to the ceiling. It's, right. You know, it's a brick fireplace. Um, and then only to find out that, no, that's a brick veneer that's mounted on the wall. The fireplace itself 
is an appliance. And I want people to be more aware of the fact that if we were to open up that wall, what we would find is basically something kind of, you know, roughly the same size as an oversight, you know, like two, a washer and dryer sitting next to each other. Not as heavy, not even close to being as heavy. And then with a double metal flue running off of it up, you know, snaking its way through the house until it gets to the outside. And not a brick to be seen. Not a brick in place. And so that fireplace can simply be, like any appliance, can be uh, removed from the wall, can be moved somewhere else, can be stored in the garage. You can... You can do a number, do just about anything you want with it. It can even be moved over a few feet, and then instead of maybe a straight chimney shot straight up, you uh, run the flue, you buy some new flue liner, uh, you know, uh, bend the flue at a 45, offset it. Lots of things you can do when it's not a masonry fireplace. If it is a masonry fireplace, then no, you can't move it. All right. You can tear it down. And just be just and replace it with a prefabricated fireplace in a different position, and that is not that expensive to do. I'll give myself a half a point for that. All right. Okay. Well, let's give you the 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 ding and the buzzer. Oh, I don't know if Blake can do that. Is Blake <laughs> okay? All right. That's <laughs> he's really good at that. <laughs> One more, very quick. Uh, you've built the house of your dreams, yes, Gary. I sure did. But just this year, you learned that your family has to move to another city. Okay. You are extremely attached to this house, and you don't want to start over. <laughs> yes. Can you move it? Depends. What kind of foundation am I on? Uh, slab? Slab? No, I can't move it. Yes, you can. No, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> you disagree on got, what basis? In California, it's all bolted to the foundation. I got to go through and unbolt the whole, the whole foundation, all the framing and everything? Yeah. Oh, but you're really attached to this house. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The fact of the matter is, whether it's bolted to a foundation or sitting on a subfloor. Now, granted, if it was a raised foundation, it would be easier. Right. Uh, But uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, there are companies that specialize in moving houses from one piece of property. What you would do is you would then find your new piece of property. You would pour a new foundation to match exactly the one that you've got with new plumbing connections coming up through in just the right spot. And when that was ready to go, we would detach your house, jack it up, probably cut it into two or three pieces, and uh, and move it, reattach it, set it down, boom. It happened in my my neighborhood when I was a kid. There was a empty lot across from us, kitty corner to us, and uh, there was a house that was moved and put on that spot. Right? The most fascinating thing I think I've ever seen. Every every uh, once in a while, you'll hear, I think there was one in the news a couple of weeks ago, uh, some city somewhere has got this old historic house that yes, they're going to sell for a dollar or just give away. Yeah. They're as like, long as you move it, you, it's yours. You pay the cost of moving this uh, 120-year-old house, it's yours. More on can I move it, and maybe you get to play uh, on this Sunday. Sun- yes, we are going to set it up, and so uh, our callers will uh, actually, they'll get the music. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, and, and I will be the one to figure out whether they are winners or, not, or nine, not. 9 to 11 on Sunday morning right here on KFI. Dean hosts home. Uh, and hopefully they never have to hear that again. <laughs> Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Gary. All of what's trending next on Gary and Chan.